Hi, I'm John Lovitz, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Ben Roy. I got accepted in, as an understudy when I was like 18 into like a Shakespearean acting uh, like at the theater group. Um, that was very popular in Maine, and I went for a day and I quit because I just threw a lot of egos. Ben Roy is a musician turned comic, but still a musician. We'll talk all about that in a little bit. We have a song of the week coming up from Hippocampus, who are from Minnesota. And uh, we're on vacation this week, actually, so you're going to get some repeat dumb bits. Your friends are awesome at rock band, but you can't even make it through one song. Oh, man! But now you can have just as much fun as your more talented and more coordinated friends with the Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack. Check, 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 check. Little higher, little higher. Check, 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 check. check. How's that? Check, check. Get your friends tuned up and get their levels set before they start shredding. Is that clipping? I think that's clipping, little. What do you think? Want to try it again? But make sure you do a good job. Or your butt will fail. Dude! And you'll wind up at the merch tip. The long sleeve tee is 40 bucks. Yeah, here you go. Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack. Available now. Coming soon. Rock Band Groupie Pack. And Rock Band Ticket Scalper Pack. The new Mountain Dew Summer flavors are here, and they're extreme, extremely extreme. Like the new Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption. Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption has to be the best flavor ever. And I was trying it, I was listening to All Time Low, which just happens to be my favorite band in the world. You know, so it was all good. So whenever I listen to them, I think about the Nervous Conniption. I mean, it's just that good. Oh, and right now I'm talking about one friend, Emma, because I'm probably going to have Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption with her, because, you know, wouldn't that be so much fun? We'd be all really hyped together. You know, because being hyped okay. is like the best part of right. the Okay, thank you. Thanks. You know, thanks. that's why it's so great. Shut up! Ah, sorry! <laughs> New Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption. Get some fast. Ben Roy is a stand-up comedian originally from Maine. He found himself in Colorado, uh, where he jumped into stand-up comedy. He now does both music and comedy, but not at the same time. Here now is our interview with Ben Roy. man uh so how are you how are you today i'm good i'm good i'm just uh um kind of just moving <laughs> getting moving around i was on floor with my band for about a week so i'm still oh. kind of recovering from all of that but oh, okay yeah how are you good good um uh, is it okay if we use the audio of this for my podcast by the way i thought i'd ask that up front Oh yeah, no, I don't care. Whatever. Awesome. Yeah, because we uh, we spoke a couple of years ago, but I think it was before I had my podcast. So now it serves a dual purpose. But um, yeah, I remember your uh, your your dad was in showbiz, if I recall correctly. Is that my, am I remembering that correctly? Or did no, no, no. My father never. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, my dad was uh, worked in the cable industry, and my oh, mom's. Okay. Uh, <laughs> An accountant. I misremembered. Then you started off as a magician, was that it? Or am I thinking of somebody else still? Totally different. Okay. I started I was... off playing music. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you said you were on but... tour with, with your band. Um, 
Well, let's, let's go back yeah. to the benefit of the podcast. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, where are you from originally? I'm originally, I grew up in, uh, in Maine, like kind of, um, um, like central Maine, just outside of the capital. Okay. So, uh, um, I lived there until I was, well, in New England. I mean, I lived in New Hampshire for a little bit and then, and then in a little town called Winthrop, Maine. Okay. So, like, that, that's, uh, I lived there until I was 19, until I graduated. Just after I graduated high school. Okay, and uh, so was being uh, growing up. Were you more into music or comedy or just entertainment in general? Oh yeah, by far music. I mean, I never really necessarily had any interest in doing in doing stand up. I know that kind of sounds weird or terrible, but like I I kind of uh, I think I was kind of an angry kid, like just kind of a grumpy. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know, like I kind of didn't really feel like I had a place. And I, when I was 15, I started playing in a band, like a cover band with some kids from my high school. And that was like all I ever wanted to do after that point. I mean, I played in bands, but I mean, for the entirety of the time, I've always been in a band since, since I was 15 years old. So we like probably haven't gone more than a few months in between projects that I was part of. Oh, wow. So what kind of music were you influenced by in your in your first bands? Um, well, like that first band was just like a cover band. I mean, we would like play parties for beer and we, you know, I mean, it was in the 90s, like 95, I believe. So, you know, I mean, we were playing like Weezer and Green Day oh, and Bush and like all kinds of stuff like that. Like just whatever was like, like, alternative radio at that time because we played parties. Um, but then the first band I started when I was 16, that was all originals, um, was called The Mendicants. And it was like a uh, very punk rock kind of hardcore band. Like we were influenced by, you know, I mean, a lot of the like Fat Records bands and a lot of the like Lookout Records bands and okay. like Green Day and Fifteen and and um, you know Filth and Blacks and bands like that and then uh, you know a lot of the Fat Records bands. I mean, I think we all like No Effects and Lag Wagon and stuff like that. So you were playing around um, New England and stuff, or yeah, yeah. I mean, we played mostly in in Maine, um, and we you know we were all really young, but it was popular we were a pretty big band around Maine. we played a lot of shows and but you know i mean as typical with that age i mean we we got the cart way before the horse you know we partied a lot more than we actually were <laughs> kind of like you know making anything more than just like a, a, like something for fun you know um but uh yeah it was it was definitely like but that was what really created my love of like music and performing. And so, uh, the natural question, I guess, after that is where does comedy come into it? Well, like, so when I was in high school, I, I didn't do well in high school. I like slunked out of every, slunked every class. Um, I didn't even really graduate. I, I, I just was not like focused on like academic stuff. 
I loved writing and, and things like that. So I really liked classes that involved writing. And then I got into a theater class and I took theater for four years when I was in, um, in high school. And, uh, I was kind of a drama nerd punk. Like I was like a, like skateboarder and into punk rock, but I also really liked theater and, uh, performing arts and stuff like that. But I gave that all up. Uh, when I, I got accepted in, as an understudy when I was like 18 into like a Shakespearean acting, uh, like a theater group, um, that was very popular in Maine. And I went for a day and I quit because I just, there were a lot of egos. I just never went back to it and focused on music. And then when I moved to Colorado when I was 19, um, a few years after that, I met my wife when I was visiting Maine again, and she came back to Colorado with me, and she just got a job at a comedy club. She she uh, she needed a part-time job, and so she took a job at Comedy Works in Denver, which is a, oh, a yeah, very yeah. prominent... Big club, yeah. Yeah, and so she just took a job by being people and feeding people for shows. I actually tried to talk her out of it. Huh. Uh, because I was like, Dude, comedy sucks, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what my perception of stand-up comedy was then, but I always thought it was like kind of sports, sport coat people and like, you know, like just that '80s view of like family, clean, safe comedy. And I just didn't, I didn't relate to that too much. So I just, I don't know. It was, it was. I tried to talk her out of it, but thankfully she took that job and kind of altered the course of my life for. <laughs> forever. I guess so. Slowly, I just started hanging out with the staff, and then before I knew it, um, you know, like a manager, her name is Christy Carlin. She was a manager there at the time. She convinced me to try an open mic night, um, just because I would joke around when I was hanging out with my wife with her coworkers. Uh, okay. So I tried it and kind of a rest of history type thing. Yeah, so it wasn't a deal of you were like, oh, I could I could be funnier than these guys or gals. It was more at the behest of someone. No. You were naturally, no, okay. No, honestly, like, I actually started to foster a real appreciation of comedy when she started going there, because early on I saw a lot of comics that changed my perception of what comedy was or could be. And I remember seeing David Cross really early on um, at the Comedy Works. I remember seeing... Um, Jim Gaffigan, when he would come through, Eddie Gosling, Daniel Tosh, you know, before Tosh.0, well before all of uh, his, like, massive fame, you know. So I remember seeing all these people and then seeing that it could be something different than what my perception of it was, you know. Yeah. Um, Richard, Jenny, uh, uh, Greg Giraldo. I just saw, like, a lot of different styles of comics that were not what I thought it was, you know. So uh, at that point, I was like, no, comedy is really awesome. Like there are, you know, people who are pushing the envelope or iconoclasts in there and whatnot. Uh, and or just, you know, like people who are, I remember seeing Sean Rouse, you know, and obviously he just passed away. But I remember seeing him real early on with David Tell and being like blown away that that it was that dark that you could take it to that place. So uh, people like that um, 
you know, that, that was what, it wasn't like an, I could do this or anything. It was like a, well, this could be, this can be cool. You know, it doesn't have to be like, uh, you know, that my impression of what comedy were, you know, this kind of cheesy, hacky style of stuff. So what was your music career at this point? Were you in bands in Denver and you kind of set that aside yeah. or? Did... Yeah, I played in bands in Denver and, uh, I was still, I mean, I'll, I, I, it, it pretty much maintained playing music. Um, I mean, I played in a band um, called I See Spies, and then I played in this band called the 29th Street Disciples, and we played South by Southwest. And, oh, wow. And so during this whole time, and in fact, I, I started doing stand-up, but I quit um, probably about a year or two in just because I, uh, I, I, I was an alcoholic and I had a real bad drinking problem and I think stand-up exacerbated it more probably because I was alone when yeah. I would go out and do shit. Oh yeah, that's that's what they say happens. <laughs> that's Yeah, and that, and that was like, so I quit and just focused on playing music again. But it wasn't until like I met Adam Caton Holland and Ben Cronenberg and uh, Greg Baumhauer, people from like the Denver scene, these guys that like were doing this like not necessarily doing comedy clubs, they were doing more all quote unquote all type venues, like art galleries and music venues that I started to get back into it. Um, just as I thought of this, um, uh, one of uh, a band I like a lot is from Colorado, and one of my daughter's favorite bands is from Colorado. So I'd have to know if you, you ever run across the samples, number one. You know, oh the, yeah. Okay. I mean, the samples were, they're legendary in Colorado. I thought so, yeah. And um, these guys might have been a little after your time, but only slightly, 303? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, 303 was more from Boulder, but... Right, yeah. Um, I, knew, we, I knew mutual people. I, I don't believe I've ever actually met them, but... Okay. Yeah, I mean, they blew up for a while. I, I think they still, I don't know, I think at least one of them still produces a lot of music. Well, they were just they, in, um, they just did the, uh, final Warped Tour. They're on that. Yeah. So my daughter was able to, she covered yeah, that for a, a website we write for out in Los Angeles. progression, too, for a band that started off completely as a joke. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, it wasn't a serious, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, thing, it was, and so it was interesting to see how they blew up, um, and, uh, yeah, I knew mutual people that had known, but I, I never actually met them, but funny dudes. Yeah, I was just, just curious. Um, so I guess another logical question is, did you ever think of mixing, you know, the music and the comedy? Cause, you know, some, I spoke to Paul Reiser last week, didn't realize he's a, he st- went to college on a music scholarship, never crossed his mind to, could, to put the two together. He, that they're two very separate things. Who, who, who was that? Paul, Paul, Paul Reiser, mad about you, stranger. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, truthfully, I mean, there are some people who do it well. I mean, Flight of the Concords, obviously, and, and Jack Black made a career out of doing that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you, if my band that I'm in right now spells, I mean, I'm definitely very animated and there's a, you know, the way I interact with the crowd. I think some people think I'm taking parts of stand up to do that just because I tend to interact a lot and joke around with them a lot, but that, but I took my persona from music to stand up. It's the other way for me, you know? So like I've been doing that forever. 
Um, and I, but as far as like interacting the two and doing a stand-up music show or like music that's strictly comedic or anything like that, no, I've never. Uh, music has been cathartic. I, you know, for me, I, 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 it would feel weird to try to mix the two, especially if it was. If there was an emphasis that it had to be funny, oh, I mean, the yeah. problem with comedy will always be that it's never, it, it'll never be transcendent. That's that's the reason why it's never stolen my heart as much as music is because it, it it'll never, it, it relies on one reaction. I mean, you have to get laughs as a comic. Oh yeah. I mean, you can have those dark moments, but ultimately it has to come back to the laughter. Or you're not doing your job. Um, music doesn't have to be that. I mean, we have real tongue-in-cheek songs that are funny or just quirky, and that's real dark stuff where myself or Chuck, the, the other big creative uh, force lyrically in the band, like, is working through some stuff, and that's what music has always been. I, I, uh, it's always been a way for me to process grief or anger or frustration or my anxiety. I have really high anxiety and I had bad panic attacks and stuff. And so uh, it's always been that way for me to do that. It's a lot harder to do it with comedy. Um, so I just avoid, I try to keep the two separate, you know. When you I move? To, I try not to do shows where I'm doing both stand-up and music. I'll do them here and there, but for the most part, like I'm doing Fest in Gainesville this year, and I'll, I'll do stand-up, but they won't be on the same show. They'll be yeah. a stand-up show that's separate. So when you move from one to the other, though, do you kind of feel uh, a new kind of surge of energy when you come, you know, come out of comedy and go back to the rock and roll and vice versa? And you have been doing playing music for a while, and you get back on stage to do comedy. You kind of feel oh yeah, great. Okay, you know what? I, I, the, the big thing I love about stand up, stand up has a special place for me I, because I think that laughter is such a great way to get people to swallow ideas that they may not they may not normally. You know, I mean, they may not even realize that they're accepting a certain, um, you know, idea or thought or, or loosening up their stance on things. And that's the great thing about humor is it, 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 it causes people to let their guard down. And so it's a part of me that, that like, and plus I'm alone, you know, it peaks like this ego part of myself. And I split the, the stage with a band, you know what I mean? So like, uh, when I'm on stage doing stand-up, it, it really is just me. I make the choices, and I don't have to worry about what other people say or think about the things I do or, while on stage. I, I'm my own boss. So there's a lot of freedom in that, and I love that. So when I get to do to get back on stand-up, I kind of tend to lose my mind a bit. <laughs> like I, I go off a lot, and uh, you know, I'll stand on people's chairs and really get in people's faces and stuff to, to bring the show to them, which uh, I definitely feel when I get back to doing stand-up. So, um, kind of, and as far as music, I, I'm just kind of always doing music. I, I, it never really stops. I mean, we're I'm always kind of just creating something with the band I'm in or doing stuff. I'm recording a solo album, which I haven't done in 23 years. I've never recorded anything that was based on my idea, so I'm I'm gonna be going into a small studio in Denver next week and doing that. So cool. So, what kind of stuff do you talk about on stage then? Is it when you're doing comedy? Um, you know, it depends. I mean, like right now, I'm I'm recording a new album this Sunday uh, at the Comedy Works in Denver, a stand-up album, and and 
Uh, this will be my third one. And you know, this one is, there's some stuff about, um, traveling. There's some, you know, I mean, it's basically whatever is in my life, but trying to relate it to, you know, like some sort of relatability to the experiences that we all have as humans, you know, I bought a motorcycle. And so me talking about how people always tell me that my motorcycle is dangerous, um, which apparently people do to everybody and never think like that when you buy a motorcycle, you most certainly take that into an account. And then also just about, like how people tell me it's dangerous, but yet I was an alcoholic and a lot heavier than I am now. I was eating poorly and, you know, taking pills and things like that. But no one ever gave me talks about how dangerous that was. And then I buy a motorcycle huh. and now everybody's concerned about my well-being. You know, so stuff like that, like just these weird, you know, observations on, on things like that. Um, you know, I, I just I try to basically take things from my life and relate it to the world and whatnot. I sound overly pompous and self-aggrandizing. I mean, I'm a comic. In the beginning, I, you know, I'm, uh, I talk a lot about, you know, things that I think are funny first and then try to relate them to stuff, find a, find a way to relate them to other people. Cool. Well, Bruce, you're taking the time there. This is a lot of fun. Um, the, the, the print piece yeah. will be in City Pages, of course, and printed online the week you're up there. And uh, the podcast episode will drop in a couple of weeks. I'm trying to stack up some interviews here as we get to the end of the summer when fall gets busy. So, um, But I'll keep you posted yeah, and, on, and, on and, all and that. Thank you for taking the time. I, 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 uh, I really appreciate it. Sorry, I'm kind of out of it. Like I said, I've been running around the country oh, no, for the that's... last... Uh, three weeks and so I'm, I'm a bit out of it so I'm sorry if I wasn't oh, no, no. as uh, engaging as I normally could no, be no no it was it was, it, it was great it's great it's a uh, fun chat and uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll keep you updated and everything if you want to send me a, a song maybe we can just use it as a song of the week on because uh, we do that every week on the podcast oh, I, I would totally love that I'll, I'll yeah. shoot you one through um, through Facebook I'll shoot okay. you a link to a soul oh good awesome well that'd be great well, uh, well oh, man. appreciate you taking the time man thanks again Hey, no problem. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks to Ben Roy for being on the show. You can catch Ben Roy. I'm not exactly sure where, but you can find him on Facebook, and he's also on Twitter. He is BenRoy00. His website at the moment does not seem to want to be working, so uh, you'll have to just uh, keep track of him on Twitter, and I'm sure you can find out where he's going to be and when when he'll be in your town. And if you're in Denver and Colorado, that area, uh, he performs pretty consistently there at the Comedy Works in Denver. All right, so we are... Oh, uh, before I forget, big important uh, plug. I want to plug again Nearly Liza's YouTube channel. Uh, just go to Nearly Lies. She's another video up last week. I think she's working on another one right now. So it's Nearly Liza. Please subscribe and watch. These videos are hilarious. I think you will really enjoy them. Tell all your friends, too. I think they will enjoy them as well. All right, and that brings us to the song of the week. Song of the week uh, was kind of trying to figure out, you know, I didn't want to use the same, you know, bands again because i kind of been listening to the same sort of, uh, you know, collection of new bands, uh, you know. Uh, well, I'll go to my iTunes, and I'll tell you I've been listening to mostly in the rotation here. Go to the summer 
uh, PF sampler summer playlist here, and it's got you know the usual suspects, you know churches. Uh, I like that fizzy blood tune. Maybe we'll check out their new single coming up. Uh, Weezer's Africa. We played a couple weeks ago. Wolf Alice, Pale Ways. You know the usual suspects. The vaccines, Lindy Ortega, all of them. But uh, stumbled on Hippocampus. My wife was trying to listen to some new music for New Music Tuesday, and uh, she always complains that when I start to like a band, it ruins it for her. But uh, she found this, she goes, Hippocampus, I, I found them, I guess, on Spotify. She goes, I really like them. And I listened, and I thought, wow, I like them too. Uh, their current single is called Passenger, but I'm going to play a song called Baseball because, well, we're still in the heat of baseball season uh, for, uh, well, for some of us, Cleveland, Boston, New York, you know, the teams that are uh, doing well. Uh, and, in, boy, in the American League, it's kind of a drop-off. You're either doing really well or you're doing really terrible. Anyway, my Indians are doing really well, so I thought this would be a good song for uh, toward the end of August as the, the playoff race uh, heats up, although it looks like things are fairly well settled, at least in the American League. This is Hippocampus. They are from St. Paul, Minnesota. Kind of a jaunty tune, very bouncy. I like it. Very good for... Uh, a, a late summer day. Uh, this, again, Hippocampus is our song of the week. Baseball is the tune. PF's tape recorder. So long and thanks for listening. I saw a cigarette contend. It was the smell of death that kept strolling in. Maybe that headed back of yours that held me back, back from keeping score. There goes that golden voice like a jungle with all sleeves growing Split down that long back, you would have thought that if you got the new one Shoot with the fist of your little kiss of wish things were heavy That's fine in the end though, with all our friends go, we can never be ready Jungle with all sleeves growing Split 